Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shreds Takes. I'm glad you can join us here today. I want to give a sponsor out to Wave 4 Band. They produced a great concert last night in Ridgewood, New Jersey at McMurphy's Restaurant. Just want to give them a shout out as I've had their co one of their co-creators, Max Ryan Hofstetter, on this platform. Just wanted to give a shout out to them and their music. I encourage you to listen to them on Apple Music and Spotify and to give them a follow on Instagram and other social media platforms that you have. Now, what a night in the association last night. So everyone's really excited to have basketball back. I'm really excited about it. But the two games last night were just great games to watch, and they both went down to the wire. A lot of crazy storylines to now unfold out of those games. And I wanted to go directly into first the Lakers and Clippers game and give you, for those who maybe didn't watch it, what the score of the game was, key stats, and key takeaways I took from the game from the first game of this bubble-like format of these eight games. So last night, the Lakers won 103 to 101 over the Clippers. LeBron James had the game-winning putback off his own miss and a key defensive stop on Paul George to prevent the Clippers from winning the game yesterday. Anthony Davis led the, all, everyone in scoring yesterday with 34 points. He was 16 and 17 from the free throw line. He had eight rebounds. Truly looked very dominant yesterday. Paul George was really good yesterday. He showed up big time, which has not been something that he's done consistently in his career, at least the last three or four years. And he had 30 points, clutch buckets down the stretch, including one that cut the Lakers lead to one where LeBron came down and scored, made 101 and 98. Then Paul George came down and nailed another three. Paul George had 30 points. He was six of 11 from three point range. Really did a great job yesterday. Just proving the kind of superstar he really is. Kawhi Leonard had 28 points yesterday. He had 14 of those in the second quarter, and he didn't have any down the stretch, which is a big problem for the Clippers, is the fact of he didn't, he didn't really show up at the end of the game like he needed to do. Now, the Lakers also had great contributions from Kyle Kuzma, who had 16 points, Dion Waiters, who had 11 points, and – the Clippers had some good contributions as well. You know, they had Landry Shamit, who had 12 points. Patrick Beverly had seven points, including some big threes. It was a great game overall. And my, I'm going to give you a few key takeaways that I took from the game that I think will actually show what these two teams bring to the table and why these two teams are the best two teams in the NBA, hands down. So I'm going to give you the takeaways I took from the game. And here we go. So – the Lakers bench outscored the Clippers 35-31, to 31, and that's primarily due to 27 points combined between Dion Waiters and Kyle Kuzma. Now, what does that mean for the Lakers? It means that they have now an ability to have reliable depth, hopefully. Hopefully, Kuzma and Dion Waiters can show up reliably like they did in this game. This is a big way for them to show up, especially because this is such a big game for the Lakers. If the Lakers lost this game, I would have probably said they had no chance to win the championship because Chris Broussard made a great point. They don't, the Clippers didn't have Lou Williams or Montrezl Harrell last night. And while the Clippers have struggled with chemistry issues, the one thing the Clippers have is a reliable bench, a bench that you could go to with two six-of-the-man-of-year candidates in Montrezl Harrell and with Lou Williams, both guys who average 18 to 20 points a game. Montrezl Harrell is about 19 and a half, and Lou Williams is around the 19-point range. And that really sparks a really good light and flame for the Lakers to continue rolling, right? So that's because 
their bench was reliable last night. They outscored the Clippers bench, which made a big difference because they outscored them by four and the Clippers starters outscored the Lakers by two in terms of the starters. And that's going to happen sometimes, especially because LeBron James didn't have a very good game last night until it mattered most. First three quarters, I just didn't really know where he was. He was three for 13 from the floor, nine points. Just was relying a little too much again on his three-point shot, which I just didn't really like for him to do. I want to see him try to post up a little bit more than he did last night because I think when he was effective against the Clippers, was getting into the post and being really effective with that. It's not just driving to the rim or shooting threes because he's not a great shooter. He he just isn't. He was two for eight from three-point range last night. He shoots a lot of attempts but doesn't make a whole lot of them. So that's a bit of a problem there in terms of just him overall. And another thing I, I pointed out too is the Lakers won this game and LeBron proved that he's a clutch player and that he can make big defensive stops. And that's important because if, if LeBron doesn't have it going offensively, because the Clippers are built to stop LeBron James, their whole team is built around a perimeter defensive scheme to really neutralize LeBron James which they do a great job of. They've been the only team I've really seen this year give LeBron James fits. It's because they have Kawhi Leonard, who I think is the best defender all time in terms of guarding LeBron James. Paul George who's a very good perimeter defender. Patrick Beverly, who's a really good defender. I mean, LeBron's much bigger than him, but Patrick Beverly can get his hands in there and get some steals. They got Marcus Morris who can defend. They got a, a bunch of pieces they can throw at LeBron James, especially as LeBron is so ball dominant as the point guard of that offense. Now, LeBron had 16 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists last night, but he was 6 of 19 from the floor. Now, he was 3 for 6 in the fourth quarter, which, again, where it mattered most, he did show up. He hit clutch bucket after clutch bucket down that minute 30 stretch, and he made big defensive stops. His stop on Paul George, not letting Kawhi Leonard, even before he passed to Paul George, take that lefty step back that he loves to take in the clutch. That was really big for me to see LeBron James take that initiative and effort defensively. And that's something that the the Lakers can really take forward. Now, the issue is I am a little bit cautious about the Lakers winning a championship because they barely squeaked out a win over this Clippers team that didn't have Lou Williams or Montrezl Harrell. Because the Lakers don't have Avery Bradley or Rajon Rondo. And LeBron didn't play very well last night. So, again, I'm not expecting LeBron James to go out there and have only 16 points every time they play against the Clippers. But the Clippers also should be very optimistic and they got 58 points combined from Paul George and Kawhi, but didn't necessarily get blown out. And they, they really could have won this game. They had a big lead, and that is in the, in the third quarter. And if it wasn't for Anthony Davis, I don't think the Lakers would have won this game. Right? Anthony Davis just went off. He had 34 points. Now he only had two of those in the fourth quarter, which is another problem again with Anthony Davis is showing up in the fourth quarter when you need him to. You can't just rely on LeBron James to do it every time because LeBron did show up. And this was, I think, his first bucket this season with 15 points or less on the clock. And LeBron did clutch shots this year against the Celtics, against the Mavericks. He did hit a a clutch shot against the Clippers when they played at the Clippers in March. And even against the Magic, he hit some clutch shots too when they lost that game. But This was a big bucket for him, and this is also going to help him with confidence because LeBron did not play very well yesterday at all. He did have five turnovers. He did shoot six for 19 from the floor. So there was a bit of a cautious optimism, I guess, the way you look at it in the sense of how I look at the Lakers going forward. I still have them winning the championship because I think the Clippers' chemistry 
was going to hold them back because of all the problems they've had with the bubble. But the Clippers did show me they have better chemistry than I thought initially. They played really well last night, but that also could only be against the Lakers because if you look at how they play against other teams throughout the year, they haven't necessarily shown up against the teams that are not the top teams in the NBA. So against the Celtics, they've shown up. Against the Rockets, they've shown up. Against the Nuggets, they have shown up, right? But against the other teams, there's been a bit of a, like, you know, kind of wishy-washy, nonchalant attitude toward those. And that's the only thing I think that holds the Clippers back is a nonchalant attitude. But again, last night they did prove a lot to me that their defensive scheme can work against LeBron James. Now they have to be better in the clutch in terms of guarding him and understand that he wants to take the last shot. But Anthony Davis, I think, is the key for the Lakers to win that, this championship. And he really proved it last night. Every game against the Clippers, he's gotten progressively better. The last two games, in their two wins, he had 30 points, and then last night he had 34 points. But he got to the free throw line 17 times and made 16 of them. He needs that level of aggressiveness because there's no one on the Clippers that can guard him at all. There's not many guys in the NBA that can, but Zubats is too slow. Harrell is too small in terms of length. All AD has to do is just play tough, play strong, and get to his skill set because he can dominate the Clippers at, at will if he wants to. If, if he can do that, the Lakers will get to the NBA Finals because I think LeBron will be better than he was last night. I think what you saw in the fourth quarter is hopefully what he'll remedy next time they play the Clippers in the playoffs. But that's what excites people about, about this as well. Now, some other takeaways I had too was P, PG is more big time than I thought. I, didn't, I don't consider Paul George to be a clutch performer. I don't consider him to be a great playoff performer. Just look at the last two years. He was injured last year against the Blazers, but he didn't play very well at all. And, you know, he was healthy enough to still produce numbers. And he had a 24-point-a-game average with, you know, 35% shooting and didn't really show up to play. And then, like I said, against Utah the previous year, he shot two for 15 in a pivotal game six. So that's also the problem with Paul George. I, I don't know how big time he really is when it matters most. If last night is any trend for how he's going to play in the playoffs, the Clippers could definitely win the championship. Because Kawhi Leonard didn't have a great – yeah, he had 28 points, but a lot of those were from the free throw line, and a lot of those were also in the second quarter. Half of his points were in the second quarter. And that's also just, you know, you look at LeBron James, he had six points at halftime, he had 10 in the second half. Kawhi Leonard had 14 and a quarter. So that also made a big difference, I think, seeing Paul George really light it up in the clutch too, showing what he can do. So he looks healthier. He looks really re well rested, looks ready to go. And that really is important for the Clippers going forward because they have Harrell, they have Lou Williams, but Lou Williams is struggling against the Lakers a little bit this year. Harrell's done actually pretty well, but Having Paul George be consistently good. The last two games, Paul George has scored 30 points against the Lakers, and that's big time. If he can play like that, and Kawhi can be a little bit better in the clutch than he was last night, the Clippers could win the championship. Now, I'm a, I'm a, a Lakers guy. I think the Lakers are going to win because I think the Lakers showed a lot of promise in terms of their depth, and I think that AD will be too much to handle, and I don't think LeBron James will only have 16 points against the Clippers next time he plays against them again. I don't think he's going to shoot six for 19 every time. Again, he hasn't shot well against the Clippers this year well at all. But maybe getting to the free throw line more. I think he really needs to break down and look into getting in the post more, figuring out how to use his size, because that's really where he has the advantage. If he can get himself in the post and stop driving to the rim and shooting step-back threes, he will have more points because he's much bigger and stronger than a lot of guys he goes against. He's really skilled and efficient down there. He's one of the more efficient post players actually in the league, ironically enough. So that's really another thing I took from that. Another thing, too, is 
I want to see how the Clippers look going forward against other teams that are not the Lakers. Like I said before, they have a tendency to drop off when it's not the Lakers and not bring their full intensity. So I want to see in these next seven games how they look. And if they look like they did last night or even better with, the, with Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell going back, that might make my pick harder for me to feel confident in because the Lakers barely won last night. And remember, they didn't have Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Again, great game. I'm really happy with LeBron that he was able to be clutched down the stretch. And also, LeBron, again, proved to me that he's an elite defender in this league based on how he played down the stretch. Now, you'll probably hear Skip Bayless this morning say how Paul George was fouled in that play. Well, LeBron was probably fouled in that last shot he took before he made that putback, and the refs didn't call anything. And there was really little contact. I watched the film. He gave him a little bit of an arm bar, but there wasn't much. I mean, you could call that a foul, but no one's going to call that a foul down the stretch. So, great game last night. And I am really looking forward to how both these teams progress and hopefully these teams meet in the Western Conference Finals. Now, the second game of the night was between the Pelicans and the Jazz. The Jazz won 106 to 104. They overcame the 16-point deficit. They had a big-time showing last night. And it, it's more the fact that they're – well – Let's just be honest here. The, the, the stars of the Jazz just really dominated the starters of the Pelicans, especially in the fourth quarter. Now, the Pelicans had an eight-point lead entering the fourth quarter. Zion only played 15 minutes and had 13 points. But the starters from the Jazz outscored the Pelicans 79-62. to 62. So some key stats, obviously, to give you just the stats on the situation. Zion had 13 points in 15 minutes. He was minus 16 with, with himself on the court. He had no rebounds. Rudy Gobert made two clutch free throws. He had about 11 points last night, played a good game. Jordan Clarkson had 23 points off the bench. Brandon Ingram had 23 points. J.J. Redick had 21. Mike Conley had 20, and so did Donovan Mitchell. Lonzo Ball only had four points on two of 10 shooting, and Drew Holiday had 20 points. Now, what does that mean? I said it's early to tell because you only played Zion Williams in 15 minutes, which I think was a little bit ridiculous in my mind. I understand they want to be cautious with Zion based on his health history. But Patrick Beverly played over 20-something minutes last night, and he just got back in the bubble maybe around the same time Zion did. So what's to say that you can't play Zion 20 minutes, 25 minutes? The issue with Zion is he had no rebounds last night. He had no steals, no blocks, and he only had one assist. Now, he did great offensively, but Zion's best thing in college was the fact that he played harder than everyone else, and he would get a lot of rebounds and no one else would get. Just look at his college film. His last game of his college career, he had 24 points and 14 rebounds against Michigan State. If you're looking at Zion that way, zero rebounds in 15 minutes is unacceptable on his end because he's so athletically gifted. He's such a physical player. How are you not getting at least three or four rebounds? I understand 15 minutes and you're playing sparingly, but you can get rebounds. Like, go get, go, just go after the ball. And you're a great offensive rebounder in college. You know, he's kind of dipped off since then that he's got in the NBA. So I, I don't really see what. You know, he's doing there. I, I also think the Pelicans were a little too overcost with him last night because I think you have to play him because these games matter for you more than they do for the Jazz. And not playing him down the stretch, at least for the last seven minutes and 19 seconds, that's a big deal. That's not good for the Pelicans going forward. And they've got to play him because Zion is a matchup nightmare, and he's a guy that makes your offense play faster. He gives you paint points. He gives you aggressiveness. You need that guy in your game. He, again, he's a, he's a guy who's averaging 23 a game entering the bubble. Now, the Pelicans' bench actually was really a positive sign for the Pelicans last night. They outscored the Jazz 42-27, to and that's really a good sign for the, for the uh, Pelicans because 
you have J.J. Reddick off the bench. You have Melly off the bench. You've got Jackson Hayes, Etwan Moore, guys who can actually fill it up and give you points. And that's important because if the stars from the Pelicans are not having it as good, having a really big punch off the bench is going to help them get to that eighth seed and be able to beat some teams that they should. Now, that last night, they really should have won that game. They, they really struggled, I think, their maturity. And, but well, at least their bench did show up. J.J. Reddick did show up last night. He made a lot of key shots. And that's really important, again, for the Pelicans going forward. Another takeaway I had from the game was the Pelicans just aren't good enough yet. And, you know, I, I want them to get the AST because me being biased, I want to see Zion and LeBron in the first round. To be, real, uh, to be more realistic, if, they're all, if Zion's only going to play like limited minutes, which I don't see going forward, that, that's a bit of an issue. But I also just like the fact that he blew a 16-point lead against the Jazz, who don't necessarily have a lot of great offensive, talented options. They have Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Jordan Clarkson. They don't even have Boydon Bogdanovich. And that's kind of a, a problem there too, right? So I look at that and I say, this is a, is a young, immature team who doesn't know how to close games yet. And having Zion not in the game the last seven minutes, like I said, is a bit of an issue. But you have guys like Drew Holiday who should know how to close games. And I, I didn't see it. Yeah, Brandon Ingram only had five points in the fourth quarter. And that's a bit of a problem, too, because, you know, Brandon Ingram's supposed to be your leader, supposed to be a guy you can go to. And he wasn't clutch. And that's really a problem for them. And, and, and look, the big, big problem is the Stars outscored them 20 to 9 in the fourth quarter. I mean, if you're a starter, you got, you got to at least, you know, come up clutch when you need them to. And they didn't do that last night. You know, and that's, they were only outscored by six entering the fourth quarter by the Jazz, the Pelicans were. But then they got outscored 20 to 9 in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's unacceptable on their end. That's unacceptable. They are outscored the entire game 79 to 63 in terms of points, and they lost by two. So you, you do the math. That's a little bit of a problem, right? And the one thing I'm going to say about the Jazz is Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were not perfect. They had definitely issues. Donovan Mitchell was not perfect in terms of his playmaking last night for the first three quarters, but he showed up when you needed him to. He had eight big points in the fourth quarter, ended the game with 20 points. He was relentless the entire game. And look, his defenses, he missed a bunch of screens and stuff like that too. But for the Jazz going forward, I don't see them as a championship team. I just do not. Without Bogdanovich, they're just not a championship level team. They're a team that I think is going to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs by the Thunder, to be honest with you. I think the Thunder are more dangerous than people give them credit for. And last night kind of confirmed that for me. I don't think the Pelicans were that really good of a team. I think that the Pelicans played the Lakers. They would maybe get a game out of the Lakers. But to be honest with you, the Jazz don't really impress me at all. And it's just because Donovan Mitchell's good, but he's so inconsistent sometimes. Like, again, he, he's a big second-half player. I'll give him that. But not showing a consistently set of play in terms of playmaking is a bit of a problem for me in terms of looking at them and being confident about the Jazz going forward. Now, Rudy Gobert making two free throws late in the game is great. You know, he plays good defense. But, that again, like, you know, are they really going to be a team like the Thunder or the Rockets? I, I don't see it because I just think – they're well coached and they play well together, but they don't really have a ton of stars. And the Thunder have two stars, maybe three, if you count Gallo in there. And so you're telling me that, you know, that's better. The Jazz are better with just Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is a great rim, rim protector, great pick and roll player, great on dump offs, but he's not like really that skilled in the post or anything like that to really cause fear into your heart as an opposing big man. And 
he's also a matchup issue because he's not super quick laterally. So you put him against a smaller team, that's also going to be a bit of an issue. So, yeah, I'm not really a believer in the Jazz. So seeing the Pelicans lose them and blow a 16-point lead is not making me optimistic that they will make the playoffs if they, if they don't actually care more about putting Zion in more minutes. And Zion's got to put more effort on the other little things. It can't just be scoring with Zion. It can't be, oh, yeah, I had 35 points but five rebounds. That, 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 that's, yeah, that's unacceptable. And he's got to play some defense. He's got to block some shots. He's got to get some skills. He's got to get into people. He's got to play with the tenacity that he goes to the rim with. I want to see that on other ends of the court. And that's really, at the end of the day, the problem with the Pelicans is I think they're just very talented. I think Alvin Gendry is a good coach, but they're a little too young, and they, and they lack a sense of maturity to really close games that I think is needed from the AC. Now, I, I think now that the Blazers can really get their act together, unlike the first couple of scrimmages, the Blazers have the maturity level to get to the playoffs, right? The Grizzlies don't necessarily have that. The Grizzlies have a lot of young pieces that are very good. But the Pelicans don't really defend. The Grizzlies defend. The Blazers don't really defend. But the Blazers, Blazers have the maturity. They have Damian Lillard, who's been a really clutch performer. It's CJ McCollum. So if you look at that overall, I just wasn't really impressed by the Pelicans last night. I was very down on how they played. You can't blow a 16-point lead, especially when these games matter so much. That's really, at the end of the day, the problem. Now I'm going to be back on tomorrow. I'm going to be talking to my Aunt Lori, who is a Olympian field hockey player and All-American. So that's at the end of the day. I, I hope you guys uh, stay tuned for that. And I appreciate you guys listening in and keep watching some NBA basketball. Have a good one, everyone.